0: The True North The Racing Podcast is presented by Vision 20 Studios. Check them out on Facebook,
1: Instagram, and YouTube. I'm Megan Mitchell. This is my co-host, John Morrison, and you, yeah you, (laughs) are listening to The True North Racing Podcast. Time to strap
2: in, pull those belts, and get ready for an action-packed episode
0: of the True North Racing Podcast. Are you ready to
2: unmask? Uh, I mean, unhelmet your favorite racers? Get ready for the most fun you'll have outside the racetrack to get you ready for the next race. You're listening to John Morrison and Negan Mitchell. And this is the True North Racing Podcast.
0: welcome back to a new week of the true north racing podcast presented by vision 20 studios uh i'm john morrison joining me as always is our amazing co-host megan mitchell megan how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing very well how was your weekend
1: not too bad how about
0: you it was uh it was good i had the kids this weekend we uh hmm. we uh uh we did a lot of cleaning yeah as you know we've been moving some rooms around and stuff like that and and I, I, I'm, you're still probably trying to get a little used to me sitting down for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the boys are in their own room now. And part of their job was to, when they came over, is that they were going to have to help us clean up. And they were going to have to help us organize their room the way they wanted. Because once the room is finished, which should be this week, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to clean their room. That is the the goal here. Is that when that when they show up Friday, that room should look as just as it does on Sunday when they go home?
1: That's
0: reasonable. Now the good part is we don't have toys; we don't got anything in there. So yes, that's the bonus part on our end. <laughs> um, what did you get up to this weekend?
1: Uh we had our dad—well, an early birthday dinner for our dad, and then did an escape room, and then just chilled today. Nice
0: that's about it yeah nothing wrong with that that sounds like a pretty good weekend mm-hmm. when's pretty. your when is your dad's birthday february 27th oh so when's thursday tuesday
1: yeah
0: tuesday I think, <laughs> i'm trying to think over here for a second i'm like wait a minute no it's not wednesday because i get paid thursday Thursday is the 29th so that means it's two days <laughs> prior to that it's like uh it was a meme I saw today, and it was like normal people: seven plus six equals thirteen. Mm-hmm. Me, if seven and seven is fourteen minus one is six, that means yeah. seven plus
1: exactly.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it's a. It it, it I just thought as soon as they as soon as they said that I was like, man, that kind of sounds like <laughs> a freaking meme I saw today. Um. That's my math. <laughs> Trust me, I only do two ways of math. I do not divide and I do not multiply or I do not subtract. <laughs> but multiplication and addition. I'm I'm pretty good. Um actually last night we went and saw the movie Migration, uh the new Illumination movie. It oh, that- was pretty good. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Now the only problem I had, and it wasn't with the movie. Actually one of the scenes I hope no little kids are listening to this because this is gonna I, I, I'm really sorry to anyone who's listening with their kids in the car or wherever you are right now. so though hmm. and you haven't seen this yet you one I highly suggest you go see it. Second of all, Megan, this one scene I laughed so hard. <laughs> okay because when we so we were sitting there and uh, so these ducks are are trying to fly south for the winter, okay. I'm not going to get into much of the premise of the movie but anyways they they got really really tired. Um or no sorry the the little one uh if you've seen the promo she's like I can't go in the air all this other stuff right. She's like trying to get she can't go to the bathroom whatever and so they land and when they land they find she's like someone's watching me and they find this like tunnel, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they go into the tunnel and then these ducks are doing yoga. <laughs> okay (laughs) and it's almost it's gonna and this is this is no harm to any religion if you practice but it was almost giving me catholic church vibes the head chick in there had a robe that came around and folded down kind of kind of like a catholic priest does um and it was and Mm -hmm. as they were like oh it's so magical here there's us they just gave us a slide they they feed us well they do this they do that and i'm sitting there laughing so hard because i understood the the joke the darker joke behind it here yeah and it was that they were free roam ducks and i knew something was going to come up and sure enough what i see about three i want to see about four minutes into the into this particular scene Mm -hmm. there was truck smokestacks in the background (laughs) And they were backing up, <laughs> and oh they're like, "We're being t- taken to the promised land. <laughs> there's <laughs> food. There's this." Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! If if you haven't seen migration, I highly suggest it. is It is a pretty good one. Um, I had to. So actually, last week I had to kind of laugh because after we got done recording on the Monday. I went and started watching the 500. Right. I was literally editing up here. <laughs> I was editing up here, getting everything ready. So I was listening to MRN on, on my phone and six laps in. Do you remember who Jay picked to win the 500?
1: Who Jay picked? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who did he pick?
1: Jimmy Johnson.
0: Guess who was involved in lap six wreck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he can, i think he continued but i keep running off for not too much longer um
1: oh,
0: no. yeah but uh that was i know it's we when we record it's so we could almost if we actually sat down and watched the cup race on a sunday we could 100 percent be like a tear down show yeah like the the, the, the tear down <laughs> podcast down in the states we 100 percent could but no, because neither one we're usually busy, so we can't always watch an NASCAR race. <gasps> so, like, if something happens the week before, either one we're in the middle of recording what happens, or two, yeah, um, you know, we're we're just about, uh, you know, it, or we're like I'm in the middle of taking my kids home or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I like tonight, like. I, in my opinion, I it's like the NASCAR race on Monday, last Monday. That was a crap finish.
1: I didn't even. I Did heard you hear what it. happened? Yeah.
0: So they were coming to the white flag. There was cars spinning. I want to say almost by the pit road entrance. I had enough time to say caution three times. Before they even crossed that start finish line and what they were going to do is they were going to let it fl- lie, slide if the two kept to the inside of the track right but he came up across the track okay safety i get that mm-hmm. but in when i after rewatching rewatching it give us a finish give us a finish that we're excited about exactly. as soon as they said the race was over that i'm like you, you like it sucks i, I don't even want to say what i want to say so i'll say it to you before we bring in our guest because it's it's so bad i couldn't say <laughs> it on here yeah but you know it, it's just it, what i will say is that the atlanta finish today gave me hope yeah whereas last weekend's race i am i i told Jacqueline. I was like, I'm not even excited for this race season. If the biggest race of the year, the fact that the first race of the year is the biggest race of the year, one is kind of upsetting, but I understand yeah. it. Like it's the 500, it's the biggest sporting event for motorsports. That I understand. But when the biggest race of the year comes down to a judgment call because of 200 yards. Yeah, like I say, you should have restacked them. Say, you know what? This is where I would have gone old school single file. That'd be cool. Yeah. One lap dash. Throw the, give me the green and white right there. You want to see a a Mm crapshoot? At that point, yes. Next flag ends it. I would. it, it it would give it would give us something to talk about throughout the week. Now we're talking something negative though, yeah, which I don't like. It's it's not a way to start the season. And no. then the and then the Atlanta finish today, three wide coming to the checkers. I ju- I just saw it here on social media.
1: Is it that like, meme with, like cars? No, a- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
0: it could have been like that. No, but it was like point like. Yo, there's this. I see, see the one you're talking about, though. <laughs> it was like 0. 3, 000 of thousandths of a second.
1: That's wild.
0: Like, holy crap. Um, the race off for, turn four, you know, Kyle Busch shooting the gap and the three of them staying three wide through three and four, not wrecking, bouncing off each other and being like that freaking close holy crap
1: that's
0: crazy um <laughs> oh yeah uh, it was it, I, i'm like i'm sitting here I'm like yes that's that's a finish that we should be mm. proud of i know every week it's not going to be like that yeah like they're about to go in the traditional style races where you spread out you you know you're going to have that here um but to me now it just gave me a little bit more hope that we're going to have a very good year for oh,
1: sure
0: I, that's all they ever want. I just want a good season, good finishes, solid finishes. If a guy comes out there and is prepared and whoops your butt, you better go home and do some homework. Exactly. Don't cry about it on social media. Go home, do your homework, unless they are found cheating. Yeah. Step up your game.
1: Exactly.
0: Plain and simple. Um, obviously, as long as your budget allows it, I don't want to, um, but yeah so, so this week on the True North Reasons Podcast We're going to be joined by Roy Wilkie The 2023 uh, Super Stock Champion from Flamborough Speedway We're going to talk about how One, he helped save the season uh, he, he was a major force To Keep the Super Stocks on the schedule When they were like On the brink of being like Yeah, no, no more Um it We're also going to talk to him about what his plans are for 2024. Um, And uh, we're going to talk to him a lot about his background. I was chatting with him a little while ago um, about his, his career. He's been racing consistently since like 19, if I remember correctly, it was like 1987. Oh, wow. Okay. This is his first championship. Wow. He has finished second like three or four times. And within the top five in points on it on a dozen times almost, hmm. so he's got lots of stories for us. We're gonna find out more about what the difference what is between the late models of old and the super stocks of today because what he was telling me is they're pretty similar actually. Hmm. So, without further ado, we're gonna get into our graphic design, uh, studio guest spotlight of the week. We're gonna be joined by Roy Wilkie. Joining us this week for our graphic design studio, uh, guest of the week, we are being joined by Roy Wilkie. Roy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How's your How's your off season been going?
2: Uh busy. It's always busy. You uh, race the car in the summer, and in the wintertime, time, take it apart, <laughs> <laughs> go over it, put it back together again.
0: <laughs> That's always the fun thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, I'm sorry. Racing. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. It's not just summertime. <laughs>
0: Absolutely not. It's it's a as much as people want to say racing's just a summer sport. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You 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 work your butt off in the winter to prepare yourself for the summer. Yeah, that's right. So uh with that being said, how's uh um how how well first of all, congratulations on your championship last year at Flamborough. First of all, let's get that out of the way. Look, we got the champ with us tonight yeah thanks um you know yeah. i'm gonna let's 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 actually let's go over that real quick um last year uh at one point the super stocks were actually going to be pulled from racing at flamborough speedway uh but they were able to stay on the card right up until um frost if i remember correctly and a lot of that push was from you um uh, how about you take us a little bit through that about what the conversations were like to keep the super stocks on the schedule last year?
2: Uh, yeah, I can start right at the beginning of the year if you like. Um, yeah. So we went out there for, we actually rented the track prior to practice mm-hmm. and then showed up there on practice day and there wasn't very many cars that showed up. So I asked John, I said, are you expecting more cars because we're not looking very good here right now? And, uh, you know, he said, yeah, 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 there'd be more cars here. Don't worry about that. Um, and as it went on, there wasn't really any more cars. There's a couple more than what's there on practice day, but uh, still a very low car count. So three-quarters of the way through the year, I think there's only four nights left. John decided that um, he was going to cancel the super stocks for the rest of the season. And I said, well, you know, there there had been a couple of guys that come out one night prior to that. Um, They said that they're going to come more often. So we're looking at a little bit better car count. And uh I said so it will give me an opportunity to round these guys up and uh, put it out there and see what we can do. Um, so he gave me that opportunity. He had he had us off the schedule and then uh gave us the oppor- gave me the opportunity to see if we can round people up. So anyways we got uh a few guys coming out. There we had a lot more uh response and positive feedback on social media than we did actually at the track, but uh the guys that did show up um certainly really appreciated them guys getting there so that we could show John that, uh, yeah, we do still want to race the Flamborough Speedway um, and make a go of it. And even for the 2024 season. But um, they're just still at that point, there wasn't enough support for him to continue with uh, Frost, Frost Overfest for the Super Stocks. So it, it was unfortunate. Superstocks uh, Stocks, Frost, Frost Overfest got canceled because of the uh, lack of car counts. To support Flamborough Speedway throughout the year. And I understand their decision. They put a lot on the line for that race. Um, so that's kind of how that went. Uh, yeah, so the guys did show up. Certainly want to extend my appreciation to those guys for so we could, uh, the rest of the guys that were showing up all year could finish out the year. That's about how that went.
0: Yeah, that's, it, I remember when, you know, when I saw the announcement that um, Flamborough was pulling with super stocks, and I was like, man, like it, for the, for the, even when I, when I was crewing for a guy who was in the super stocks in, in 2018 there, you know, we had about five, six cars on there, maybe eight on a regular bit maybe eight at most. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's been a tough div- division to keep alive there at Flamborough. And, you know, last year you, you did a hell of a job. I was behind you 110%. <laughs> I was really hoping for a, a lot better return out from cars. Um, you know just even just to come out and just be a part of it for, for a few races because, uh, even this year, uh, I think Flamborough has them on the card for the season, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, it, it sucks because it, uh, to me, the superstocks are one of the better divisions to be watching to begin mm-hmm. with. And you know, they're, they're such a great class, and, and the drivers they're top notch, they race pretty well. The cars are, look like are they're always loose, which is awesome. I like seeing loose race cars because they're just they look like a handful to drive and that's what i like watching um and you know it's really unfortunate for that division um but you roy again man i gotta give you huge props because again if it wasn't for you trying to get these guys out there the class would have died with four nights left and that wouldn't have been fun at all
2: yeah that's right um yeah, so we were trying to keep it alive. So we'll have to see what happens in 2024. Um doesn't sound like there's, I don't know, I shouldn't say anything right now. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of interest in guys going back to Flamborough Speedway for some reason. I don't even understand why the car count was so low, because it wasn't too bad the year before. But uh, yeah, yeah, the Superstar, fun race, a uh, bunch of great guys, um, pretty good car counts at other tracks. Um, so like I said, I'm not sure what's going on there as far as Flamborough Speedway goes. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll hopefully they'll keep alive and you know, all the quick ricks going to be there this year at Flamborough Speedway. So that's at least one good super stock racer we're going to have there. Um, other than that, I guess it's up to everybody else, everybody's decision on where they want to run, if they're even going to run. Uh, you know, time's a little tough for some people right now. So yeah. they probably can't afford to get there every night. Uh, understandably, it is an expensive sport. So, um, but, uh, you know, like um <clears throat> Cashmore last year at the end of the year he he busted his butt to get his car ready to come out for the last night, so that just shows his commitment and, and uh and we appreciated him putting in that forth that effort to get out there to, to keep uh, superstocks alive at the track. But um like I said, unfortunately, it just wasn't enough cars at that time for uh, John um, and whoever else is involved to uh, continue running the superstocks there.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see what, what plans pans out there. Uh, now we're going to jump all the way back here to when young Roy first got bitten by the racing bug here. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how to, uh, how that came about and how you got behind the wheel of a race car?
2: Well, uh, I wanted to race cars ever since I was a little kid. Um, my parents found it kind of odd because there was never any kind of racing in our family or anybody that was even interested in cars at that point, so... <laughs> Uh, as I grew up, uh, we tried some endurance racing in Delaware way back in, um, I don't know, 84, 85, 86 maybe, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, and then uh, I moved up to Port Elgin in 88 and uh, just kind of started a, a life here. And then in uh, 99, beginning ninety nine, ninety eight, 99, 98, somewhere around there, I uh, decided, okay, now's the time for me to get into racing. So my wife and I went to Solve Speedway and watched the racing and the action there. Uh, really got hooked, so I decided to get a car together. So uh, put a car together and started racing. <laughs> and then it's a learn as you go. <laughs> um, had a lot of help. Met some really good people at the track. Uh, Tom and Frank Gibbons are pretty much the first guys that I met there. They were helping me out a little bit, getting the car going, um, making some changes, and getting faster and faster every week we went out. So um, from there, from then on, we've just been racing. Um, Really ever since then. I took some time away from it, uh about four years I guess, and uh started getting expensive at that point, um, in the late model division. So we took a step back, um, sold all the equipment and then I had another opportunity five years ago with Bruce Bester to run his car. So that's what we're doing now.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, so uh you kind of went through a a nice little synopsis of your of your recent career, which is awesome so when uh when you first got behind the wheel of the car, like you said you built a car, you took it out to Sobble. um how was that first night for you um and what did you think of it
2: oh it was uh it was a thrill that's for sure <laughs> definitely exciting you got that excitement <laughs> um and you're also very worried <laughs> you're very. How am I going to do? How's the car going to work? You know, because that time when you first get into it, you don't know a whole lot about racing. Just at uh, that time you think, go, go fast, turn left. <laughs> but that's not it. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, um, uh, we, we went out there and, and uh, certainly had a lot of fun doing it the first year and learning as we went. Didn't win a single race the first year we were out, and I think we still finished seventh in the points. Um, missed rookie of the year by, I think, three points to another, jump into his his dad's car. So that that was pretty thrilling too. You know, going to my first banquet in 99, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, got got a couple of awards that first year. So we're very proud of those moments. And uh, yeah, in 2000, uh, I think we finished fifth in points, fourth in points, somewhere around there. A um, couple of wins out of, out of, under the belt. And then 2001, uh, we started winning more races, a lot of heats, more feature races, I think. So we were definitely picking it up at that point um, and then making the run for the championship. So 2001, I think I finished second. 2002, I finished second. 2003, I finished second. And then in 2004, I decided to dabble into the late model. So uh, Andy Schmidt uh, had his late model sitting there. He says, well, why don't you go out and give that a shot? So went out... Uh, Went out in his car in the late model. We got Rookie of the Year that year, and we won one late model feature. Uh, finished third in the points that year in the late model. But the same year, I was also driving the Pro Stock, which was my car. So we finished second in the points of the Pro Stock again, and third in the late model with Rookie of the Year honors uh, in 2004. So that was a very busy year, but it was, it was a lot of fun. The guys that I was on racing with, uh, we just had a great time every time we went there. I'll always,
0: you know, I, I looking back through our messages here, because I, I like to always uh, um, pull from from what we've talked about and, you know, run, running the two divisions in one year, you we, we hear about people doing that and sometimes it can be stressful. And back then, I'm sure you're running a lot more races than, you, than you're running now. So uh, what obviously what was that like having to run two different cars in two different classes throughout that year?
2: Uh, kept, keeps you busy through the week, that's for sure. <laughs> trying to trying to go over uh, two cars, make sure they're both ready and prepped uh, to go race with them Saturday night. Um, so, but like like a, a buddy of mine, uh, Joe Leonard, at the time he um, he was out there out of the shop with me. We were working on them together. Um, yeah, then I would take one car to the track, and he would take the other car to the track, and he'd meet us there most of the time. Um, it was funny actually that first late model win feature win that we got uh it was in Andy's car at that time which is the same car that I'm driving now um, and he wasn't there that night for that win so we called him up after we went through tech clear tech and all that and called him up and said yeah we won tonight. And he says meet your Roy's in 10 minutes well we're 25 <laughs> minutes away from track so <laughs> so we certainly celebrated that night because it was a, it was a huge huge accomplishment for all for all of us you know so. It was a lot of fun. My my mom and dad were there for that night for that race too. Uh that night of racing. And a whole bunch of fans that I didn't even know I had. So <laughs> it was it was a good time,
1: that's for sure. That'd definitely be a one to remember. Um do you want to tell us more about that first feature win and like how how the night went, how the race went for you?
2: Yeah. Um so we were starting near the back of the field, maybe three quarters of the way through the field, somewhere there. We were working our way up through the field <coughs> a bit, um, picking off a little slowly here and there. A few cautions came out here and there, which kind of helped us out. Um, then there's uh, a bunch of guys got together. I like got door slammed and up against the wall and just kept my foot into it and kept going. And uh, I don't know, we were running probably six at that time. I can't quite remember. Um, and uh, before I knew it, we'd come out of the mayhem, we're in third. So <laughs> Andy, Andy says to me, I, I said something like, I don't know what it takes to win a late ball race around here. He says, you just stay behind those two boys because they're going to wreck each other. And it was uh, Tim Ellis and Tyler Williams that were leading the race. So I'm right on their tails. Sure enough, they wreck each other with two laps to go. And I could feel the car. I could feel vibration in the car. Pretty, pretty major vibration in the wheel, steering wheel. And so I, I radioed Joe, and I said, like, this thing's shaking around. He says, you're not coming in now. You stay out there. <laughs> so restart, two to go, we're, we're in first, and uh, we ended up pulling it off. So we got into uh, – we, we got our pictures taken and all that, and then one of the tech, one of the uh, officials come around, and he says, hey, guys, check this out. So I looked at the left front wheel, and there's a big chunk of metal hanging off that jammed itself in between the bead of the fire and the rim. And that's what the shake was that I was feeling. And then, so we got into the pit later and the guy came over and he says, uh, Hey, think I can get my door back from you. <laughs> so it was a piece of his right side door that got jammed into our, into our rim in between the tire and the rim. So we're lucky that thing didn't go flat. That's for sure. So we told him we'll take the take tire off and, and get him his piece of metal back tomorrow in the week. And the next morning went out and the tire was flat. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that was there's a lot of crazy things that happened in that race, that's for sure. But um, yeah, a lot of times, a lot of races, I was always following Tim Ellis and uh, Tyler Williams Team Bike. <laughs> so
0: that's an awesome yeah, story. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, there's there's probably more than that, but <laughs> those are the things that are coming to mind right away right now.
0: I, I was just about to say, I'm like we we're gonna jump back a year here because you you were you and I were talking about a. Um, you were telling me about a finish you had in two thousand three in the pro sock um when you were racing against kevin uh, Cornelius
1: yep,
2: yeah. yep yeah. what happened there Yeah. oh <laughs> i i did I forgot that I even told you that story <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, <coughs> excuse me we were racing pretty hard um coming up the last lap uh Kevin. Kevin was just on the inside of me, I think. And, and uh, him and I were just both coming off a of turn four for the checkered, we we're about door handle, door handle. And we both just, just right into it, just got our foot right to the board. We didn't care whether they were slipping the slide or anything. Anyways, we ended up sliding. Uh, I bounced off the wall, came off the wall, hit him. He spun into the grass. I hit the wall so hard, my helmet actually shifted on my head <laughs> and I didn't even see myself finish line. <laughs> That was way before uh, any head and neck uh, restraints that we had, but yeah, it just kept, kept my foot into it. I didn't know what direction I was heading in. I just know oh, I got to win this race. My sponsors rode that night. Everything it was, it was, it was, it was a good race, that's for sure. <laughs> and I think that race, both of us started at the back uh, as well, and both of us were perfect. the field. Pretty good. <laughs> and I were laughing about it. We both had a good time on that one. <laughs>
0: that's awesome uh yeah because yeah. you was it here we, we were talking yeah we we talked about quite a bit and i know there was times where i was like in the middle of doing something next thing i like i look back and there's like six messages from you but uh you know you definitely have a nice career you know that you, that you have had so far um like you said you, like you said earlier you picked up a lot of uh like second place in points um, and of course, winning the championship last year, what did that feel like? What did that feel like for your team? Did that make you feel hungry to go out and win another one?
2: Yeah, it always does. We've been hungry for years just to get our first one, so <laughs> this one did mean a lot to us. Um, it kind of gets the monkey off your back, so to speak. So we were pretty happy about that. They always say the first one's the hardest one to get, and then you know after that, they just seem to. You still have to work at it, obviously, but it, they come in a little bit easier um yeah so hopefully this is the first championship hopefully we'll uh be able to get a few more before the career's over
0: and uh you know it's it's always it's always nice and yeah you're right it's it's always tough to win that first one even with, with the races their their first one's always tough to come by and then once they come it's just like nice and easy um it's it's always fun um uh, i put it here <laughs> it's always uh it's it's always nice hearing about that because it, you never know what you know it's, especially like the last two stories here about going back yeah. you know racing in 04 there and, and having the um you know getting your first late model win and and the the way it came about the same thing in 03 with that with the in the with the finish with the in the pro stock um with that being said what what was your first career win like when did that happen for you
2: uh that would have been in uh 2001 yeah okay no i did win some races in 2000 i think some heat wins but i never had a feature win in 2000 i don't think i have to go back on my look at my board here (laughs) we got uh, pictures of that up on the board um 2001, I think, was a good was a good year. Third year in, we finished sacking the points in that year. I'm uh, pretty sure I got my first win in 2000 um, in the Pro Stock division. Uh, running racing, that's when um, Kevin Cornelius, Tom Gibbons, uh, Todd Davenport, Dan Wright, all those guys, uh, a few other guys, Sean Cook. Um, so yeah, all those guys. Right around the area here that uh, kind of hung out with a little bit too. Um, got the first win against all those guys. And yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting in that year that we did get a few more. So I'm pretty sure that was in 2001. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so the first one was was, was uh, very, very exciting. Had some help from Tom. Tom could have passed me very easily, but uh, two, one I think one or two laps to go he he drove up beside me and he said and he he's just waving his arms come on Roy let's go <laughs> so and then he backed out of it a little and uh, gave me a push across the finish line so <laughs> so he uh he gave me that one that's for sure um and the, the rest of the ones that year I, I earned <laughs> so uh, yeah it's good to have good friends out there but uh, Tom won the championship that year as well so he was nice. way ahead of the point, so it didn't matter to him whether he got another win or not, but he, he knew how important it was for me, so so he helped me out along there, big time.
1: That's awesome. So, what different like cars and divisions have you raced, and what one would you say is your favorite to date?
2: Uh, I'd say the super stock class right now is a, r- a really good one. Um, late models back then, too, were, were really good. Uh, 2004. So I've run in the pro stocks, which has evolved into the super stocks, really, if you follow the path. Um, mm-hmm. And then the late models from 15, 20 years ago uh, are now, if the chassis are still around, are now suitable for super stocks. So the chassis that we're running is actually 25 years old. It was built in 98 by Tony um as mm-hmm. a late model back then get into the super stock class, it had to be the rear clipped because it used to be an underslung car, so now it's an overslung. Um, yeah, so it went from pro stocks up to late models. Then the late models kind of petered out a little bit after the All Star Series. Went to limited late models, so we were good there. Um, and then we did that for a bunch of years. And then I took some time off, and then got back into the super stocks, which is almost like what the late models were 20 years ago. Okay. So those are the divisions. That that was been a v eight
0: division that's just crazy to think like the late yeah. models twenty years ago are like what super stocks <laughs> are now for the most part
2: yeah yeah it is crazy so With the evolution yeah. support <laughs>
0: so would that be like yeah you're you're right like it's oh my god where was that was a so what there's what is really the biggest difference between a late model 20 20 years ago compared to a super stock now Besi- uh, I think you said, I think you answered that with the overslung and underslung right?
2: Yeah, that was one of the differences. Um, we run on slicks back then too uh, 10 inch slicks uh, the cars were lower um, the bodies were late model bodies. Um, just a little bit different than what the Superstock class runs for bodies. But as far as the suspension goes and the adjustments that you can make on the car, they're all basically, basically the same. Back then, the late model had a nine-inch rear end. Now they all have uh, quick-change rear ends.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, so, yeah. So when you compare a 20-year-old late model to the socks today, there's a lot of similarities. Um, shocks, spring locations, things like that. Um, even the motors. The motors are, are pretty much the same as what they were back then, too jeez
0: the the that's just crazy to think, um, yeah, I think a fun little question I want to ask here is if you could take your super stock right now and go run it anywhere in Canada or the states, where would you go with it?
2: Oh jeez, <laughs> I don't know. I really haven't been following the program for for too many tracks except for what's in Ontario here. <laughs> Uh, it's always nice to drive on different tracks. One track I really did like was Chicasa. Uh if it was open again I would definitely run there. Um
1: mm-hmm.
2: as far as running tracks right now, I don't know. I pretty much just picked everything in Ontario. to try and keep improving on our programs. I'm I'm I don't know if I'm I'm not interested in really heading over to the States. Yeah. Things places like that. I guess if you had uh accommodations and the funds to do that, then it might be a different story. But it it would take up your whole weekend plus. You're going to be doing that every weekend, right?
0: Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It would would take up a lot.
2: Yeah. So I'm pretty satisfied with uh, racing in Ontario.
0: So with that being said, what has been the toughest track to actually get around For you and your program. And which
2: which one you want to improve at. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like uh, if we stick to one track, we're good. Um, It's for some reason I'm missing something whenever we travel. Um, The last two years in the Quick Quick series, uh, to me, it's just been been terrible. Um, We're always having issues with the car when we go to different tracks. So we're working on that this year. We're definitely going to have something a lot better this year. Um, when we go to these different tracks, I would say Peterborough's uh, right now is probably the worst what, the worst track that uh I just can't seem to get it figured out uh the other ones I can get them figured out but I'm only getting them figured out in the short run I'm not really getting any kind of long run speed out of the car so um we've got to work on that because we are we do plan on running the quickwick series again this year so we have to get uh we have to get our game K- our better than what we have been. And then I'll be a lot happier with uh, what we're doing. So what do your
1: 2024 plans look like looking
2: ahead? Uh, so, so far right
1: now, um,
2: if if Slamborough had a definite schedule and they were definitely running the super stocks so and we would go back there, but they're, um, they're, they're, th- what they're doing right now is a little bit different than the other tracks. And I understand exactly why. So our plans right now, we've decided that we're going to hit uh, Sunset Speedway and see how that goes. And if if we have, you know, if we're, if we're terrible there or something happens, whatever, maybe we'll uh, see how Flambo is doing as far as the super stocks go. So we, right now, we plan on running a whole season at uh, Sunset and also the Quickwick um, Firestarter Series as well. So uh, 17 races, I think, on the schedule so far.
1: Nice
0: that's a with the with the super stocks pretty you know the sun the sunset super stocks have been like one of the classes to watch like it's been up a, up a coin flip between delaware and sunset for some of the best super stock racing in ontario um what do you think gives sunset the advantage to for drivers to want to come out and run
2: The advantage? Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stout competition there. That's for sure. I was looking at the lineup just earlier on today and yeah, there's going to be good competition out there. So we got to get the car dialed in for there for sure. Um, and then uh, do the best that we can when we get there. Um, our goals are obviously every year to see if we can get into championship, um, status, but, uh, we'll just go there and do the best that we can and whatever falls in our lap by the end of the year. And then that's where we're at. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I like Delaware and sunset seem to have the biggest car count. I'm not too sure what it's like at Peterborough. Um, yeah, we just get out there and do what we can do.
0: Yeah. Peterborough gets about, uh, eight to 10 cars a week. Okay. So It, it, they don't do too bad. That's for sure.
2: No, yeah. It looks like Sunset's probably going to have 10 to 12, I would say. Yeah. Looking at the board right now. So it seems to be average. You wonder what happened to the days when you had uh, a field of 20 cars or 24 cars, you know. <laughs> you have to qualify or you're on the trailer going home. <laughs> Those days are long gone.
0: That's I'm going to be honest. You know what? You're right, though. But that's that's one question we've been asking ourselves in the Canadian vintage modifies as well for the last four years is, is, you know, the car count was great that first, the COVID year because we ran four, three, three, three full events. And then, you know, we had about, I think, averaging almost 20 cars a, an event. And, you know, back 20 years ago, th- they were guys going home on the trailer because mm-hmm. they didn't qualify. You, yeah. Do you think that maybe those days are long gone of having that many cars, or the people maybe not interested in maybe racing?
2: Uh, I think everybody's everybody that has a car is interested in racing. In other words, it otherwise wouldn't have the car. I think it really comes down to uh, affordability. Um, racing's gotten pretty expensive. every especially after COVID, things tire prices went way up. Uh, just parts in general have gone way up. You now fuels up. Um, so your, you know, your traveling expenses to and from the track are higher than they ever used to be. Um, and we're in a position right here in Port Logan where the only track that's um, near us is Sable Speedway. That's where I did most of my racing throughout my career. Um, but they don't have the super stock class. Um, I don't. I, we raced the United States uh, a couple of nights. It um, wasn't really my style of racing. So any track that we travel to from here is two and a half hours away we're right in the, the big triangle except Peterborough Peterborough is four hours away four and a half almost so so you look at you know you're spending 200 plus dollars a night just getting to the track and back yeah in the truck and and the fuel for the car tires and you know all that it gets pretty expensive um, so I think if if the prices were to come down where they're more reasonable uh, which they never will but um i think you probably see more cars coming out but uh people just can't afford to run a full schedule anymore or people can but you just can't get those full fields that you used to get
0: mm-hmm. yeah that, so i think and, it
2: really comes a sense of it
0: yeah and that obviously that's unfortunate with the with the with the kind of cl- the climate we're in now, the financial climate we're in now and um i, I always said racing is a great sport to get into but the best way to become a millionaire in racing is to start off with a billion dollars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the only way to succeed in the sport, in my opinion, but um, yeah, yeah. you know, it, yeah, you're right. It's absolutely crazy that, you know, everything you're, you're right. It's, you know, 200 Megan, like for for your pure stock, what does it cost you to get in? Like to you're you only live in Ancash, You're about 20 minutes away from the yeah. track. What's that still cost for you to get round trip?
1: one night just for myself I'm gonna say it's at least I mean it's 40 bucks admission depends if we're going through tires which typically we do go through tires and gas on top I'm gonna say you're spending at least 200 bucks per person a night
0: yeah it's the climate we're in now is is ridiculous but um hopefully we can weather past this storm and we can see more people coming out to Speedways this summer or even in the future as well. Uh, One, one little fun thing we like to do on this show here, Roy, is we do have a fan question period where throughout the day uh, on the day of the recording, we put out our fan question period uh, post and uh, to let people know who's joining us on the show tonight. And uh, we got a couple questions for you ready to answer them. Sure. All right, Megan, take it shot. away.
1: All righty. Um, it
0: it's all the way at the top of the sheet. Oh, it is.
1: Okay. William underscore Trillium said, what is your favorite racing memory?
2: Uh, I have a lot of really good racing memories, actually. So I it's pretty hard to pick out one. Um, I think that late model win that we talked about earlier was uh, probably one of my most favorites. Um, just a lot of good times. very first time we ever hit sunset Speedway we finished third for the velocity 250 that was that was a really good uh, night. We could have won that but we made, we, went, we made a, the wrong adjustment on the car and kind of sent it backwards a little bit but uh, yeah a lot a lot of memories a um, lot of good wins a um, lot of trophy collections every trophy has. A story behind it, so it's always fun to talk about that when the guys come over. Sometimes, especially the little kids, when they come over, grandkids, and that they come mm-hmm. over and look at all the trophies, and uh, they pick one and I tell them what it was about. So
1: <laughs>
2: that's uh, so that's that's always fun.
0: That's awesome. Um,
2: but I don't really, yeah, I don't really have one particular memory that uh, that really really stands out. There's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> but it's a great
0: question for sure. All right. Well, that was our tailored to you meeting design fan question period. Of course, we want to thank everyone for submitting their questions. And as always stay tuned every Sunday at noon to see who our next guest on the show will be and uh, get your, submit your questions. We we'd love to have them and we love to ask pretty much any, any and all questions for our guests. And of course we've got to thank Roy for taking the time to answer those questions for us. Um. Uh, kind of going back into it here, the one man, like I I just sent Megan the picture, uh mm-hmm. one of the pictures you sent me of your um of speaking of trophies actually I sent the yeah. picture of all the trophies on your wall there to Megan. Um I just forwarded it to Bye. her so she could see it. And <laughs> she responded with uh my goals for right there. Mm-hmm. Uh it I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this up on the screen here actually um during during the show. So that way people can see it as well, if you're okay with that, Roy. Um, Sure. The amount of accolades you have is is always impressive. It is impressive by just seeing the trophies on the wall. And like you said, each one has a story, has has a great uh, meaning behind it. But of course, with those good times, there's also some heartaches that you don't necessarily get a trophy for. What has been some of those heartaches for you and your team uh, been like, and how have you guys ever overcome them?
2: Um, yeah, I guess some of the heartaches is always finishing second. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we got a pretty good motor program in place. We never had any motor issues. Uh, lately, way way back in the day, it'd be pretty disappointing when you're, you know, running second or third in a race and all of a sudden you blow a motor up. So those are some pretty big heartaches. Um, that happened quite a few times back in the mid-2000s, um, right up to 2010, I guess. Uh, it just seeing we had we had some motor issues there for a few years. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, one night we went through tech, we were second in the points, I think, with three nights to go, and had some issues there, so that, t- that took us back to seventh in the points. Uh, one year, we were leading the points, and um, before we were able to run red limiters uh, or or a box, um, we got jack up to the back and spun the motor up. The next year we went out, or the next week we went out, still leading the points, and blew the motor up. And, you know, that's... Uh, mm-hmm. Not fun because then you're scrambling trying to get a motor together. Sometimes we made it. Uh, most of the times we did make it. I think there was one night, one time we didn't make it. Um, we used to hit those Wednesday uh, dash for cash invitationals. Seemed like we always had troubles with those races, either blowing a transmission or, or breaking a rear end or something like that. And and again, you're scrambling to get it back together for Saturday night racing just to keep your uh, status up in the points. So. <laughs> Yeah, there are there. has been some heartaches throughout the years, that's for sure. Um, but I mean, it never discourages you. You just keep where you work. You work hard. When something gets thrown in front of you, way you work harder. That's how you. That's how you become successful, I guess.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it's uh, I I find the best way to better yourself isn't by winning, it's by losing. Because it that's makes right. you yeah. want to win that much more.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, and even making mistakes on uh, wrong wrong adjustments on the car, you thinking it's going to be better, and it's actually worse. You know, that's pretty heartbreaking. Because by the time you're out in the track for the feature, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, know what you
0: got. <laughs> uh, there, there's been many a times I remember, he, like crewing for David Elliott, I would always hear, you know, between. Uh, the crew chief and, and big Jim, and uh, I used to hear between Ed asking big Jim, David himself, and they'd always be like, What is the track going to do? What is this going to do? Because, like, if they had a good starting spot, they wanted to hold it, but they also didn't want to make too big of a change. Um, because of the way the track may have either tightened up or loosened, and they weren't sure what the track was going to do. And you know, you when you make a small adjustment and it goes the wrong way it's such a heartbreak even if you're got a 30 lap feature because you're right you got what you got and you better be happy with it um because you never know what's you know as as you won't know what that car is going to do until that and what the changes you made until you hit that track and that's the biggest i i'll I'll say the biggest thing about racing if you don't understand if you just think there that these drivers sit there and turn left the strategy and the and the the skill set that is behind the scenes that's what makes me a yeah. fan of this sport is what yeah, you guys right. have to do
2: yeah yeah that's right and they say the races are one in the shop um mm-hmm. and that's true too your preparation for the races and, and even mm-hmm. then you know you think you're going the right way from notes that you had from the last time and the track temp's different or the track tightened up or you know, and then your setup that you went with isn't as good as what you thought it was going to be. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of times that we've run into that situation. Like, um, but it just, you keep notes and you just make sure that uh, you keep your notes
1: mm-hmm. and
2: um, try not to make the same mistakes twice. That's all.
0: Because <laughs> I, I know with you, with you drivers, when you guys are taking notes, you guys take note of what the temperature is outside what the temperature of the tires were middle inside and out, or even check when you're checking the stagger as well. Uh, you know, cause if, even if that temperature, if you think it's going to work, but if the temperature outside is one degree different, it makes so much of a weird change to your car. It doesn't make to the naked eye. It doesn't make any sense, but, right, to, you, yeah. but to you drivers who are driving it, it, it makes all the sense in the world why, you know maybe taking out two pounds of air in the right rear for the or, you know are adding two pounds for before the feature it could either turn your boat into a freaking rocket ship it, it turn your car into a rocket ship or it turn into a boat with an anchor it is absolutely right. mind-boggling like i don't under i'm still trying to learn a lot of this but at the same time like it it, it it's crazy how much of a difference it is and and you know but you're right that the, the Race isn't one on the track. The race is one in the shop before you even get to the track.
2: Yeah, your, that's right.
0: Your pride and joy is on the track. But all that work in the that's shop right. leading up to it is, is what's important.
2: Yeah. Um, you're hoping you can go to the track, make some small adjustments, some fine-tuning adjustments. Um And sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not. Exactly. Even these pro-lay guys, put in the same thing. You know they they'll they'll use their setup notes from the last time they won at a track, and they go there the next time, and the track's totally different. Mm-hmm. Something's different, and doesn't work the same. So they're right back to square one. <laughs> you know,
0: and, and like the bi- I note. find the biggest thing is like, when was the last time it rained at that track?
2: Yeah, that too. Because when it washes yeah.
0: away all that rubber, that you got a mm-hmm. green racetrack. Oh. That, that's when your notebook yeah. really comes in handy.
2: That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hopefully
2: you have the notebook for that condition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what practice days for, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it,
2: you, it's you, hard for us to get out there and just practice, you know, run a track for half a day or something yeah. like that, or even an evening because we're so far away from them all.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. It's 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 Yeah, for you guys, it's pretty tough. Are you... Would you be able to even make it out to like a like a Solible Speedway Friday night practice just to run a few laps to make sure everything's all good to go?
2: Yeah, we've done that before, um, but um, Solible's a little bit different animal again. A um, oh. little, bit, little bit different setup than other tracks too. So if you're going out there to see how quick and how good your car is, you can get it working really good at Solible and then you go to the next track and you're terrible again. So it's uh, practicing one track and then racing at another track has never worked for me. Yeah. You pretty much have to track that you're going to be racing at. So um, we try and get things as close as we can before we leave the shop here and then, then use our practice sessions to fine tune the car, dial the car in for that night. But then you get into the, the um, early spring or late fall, the track changes right when the sun goes down. So mm-hmm. as soon as the sun leaves the pavement, you got to go on a different track again. So it's another thing you got to keep up on.
0: Oh yeah. It- it's always fun watching you guys figure out what changes you need need to make before heading out. Yeah, it it it's those conversations are fun to be a, a fly on the wall on, that's for sure.
2: Um, with that, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot. Sorry, go ahead. A lot of it's uh, guessing. <laughs> you know, three of us get together. We should do this. No, we should do that. And then the third <laughs> guy has another opinion. So you got three opinions flying around. What are we gonna do? <laughs> and that
0: first one is so far in left field. The re- the third one's like, j- like two, like a slight change. Second guy's like a happy medium. You don't, you 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 never yeah. know what the. <laughs> it's all opinions, that's and that's right. the crazy part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that being said, Roy, I do want to thank you for your time tonight of coming on the show. We are gonna have to bring you back on, again. I'm hoping we bring you back on later on in the year, um, as a, you know, to to bring you on as a champion at Sunset Speedway or wherever you end up running full time. Um, but I do want to get you back on the show. I want to know more about you, um, and learn more about. Uh, I w- I want to take a little bit more time to get to know you some more, and I think the people sure. would love to hear that if you'd be more than willing to come back on again.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, yeah, you let me know when and I'll make sure I'm there.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um, with that being said, Roy, who do you want to thank for getting you here through, and who has helped you out throughout your career?
2: Oh, I got to really thank our supporters, um, continued supporters actually from uh, last year to this year. Nothing's changed there. Uh, Canadian crane rentals. Uh, being our primary sponsor, of course, Bester's Forest Products. Um, they actually own our Bruce Bester actually owns the car. Um, Home Hardware has been with racing with me off and on for 20 years now, so huge, huge yeah. appreciation to them. Big thanks to them and uh, TPS Flooring um, also on the car for the second year this year as well. So uh, looking forward to running 2024 season with uh, their support behind us once again, and hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can uh, turn some heads. That's the goal.
1: Well, and also, as...
2: my crew. I forget about my crew, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bruce, Bruce and Clay and my wife Lisa are, uh, are, the, are the, the crew, have been the crew up till now. And now we actually have uh, another crew member coming on board with us this year, um, Darryl Leacock. So he's going to be our spotter uh, every time we're at Sunset Speedway and for uh, Quick Rick races as well think there's uh only maybe a couple of races that he can't get to but uh we're certainly welcoming him on board and we're also looking for one more guy one more crew member would be a perfect team
0: there we go if you're also looking to mm-hmm. get into a into a super stock program maybe uh head up to sunset speedway and, and tour around with a quick quick series head, uh, get a hold of Roy wilkie and uh and you guys can make that happen um Roy, we got to thank you for joining us this week on the true North racing podcast. Um, It has definitely been a pleasure getting to learn more about you, uh, your racing career. We are going to bring you back on. That is a hundred percent guaranteed. And we will, I look forward to having more conversations with you because this season uh, we will be going following you at two races because we will be vlogging with you um, and your race team for two races this summer. So we do have to get those scheduled in so we can get those announced as well and uh, put on my calendar so we can uh, lock those dates in. So no one else can take them on you. All
2: righty. Sounds good.
0: Um, Again, Roy, thank you so much for joining us this weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye All now. Right. We'll talk.
0: And we're back from our conversation with Roy Wilkie. Roy. Roy wow. Roy Wilkie. Mm-hmm. Of course, we gotta thank Graphic Design Studio for bringing us our guest of the week, as well as Taylor to You Meeting Design for presenting our fan question period. Um we are, man, we're two shows in. Three shows in. This is show three. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Um, next week on the program, oh my god, I'm gonna be st- I i know who it is and this is next week we have jennifer hatch joining us <laughs> i'm gonna feel stupid if i'm wrong
1: i'm pretty sure it is i'm like 90 percent sure it is yes, i had
0: it. it is yeah it is okay so next week we'll be joined by the driver the number 17 pure stock jennifer hatch and we're going to talk big booty judy we're going to talk uh what her plans are for 2024. This is gonna be her second appearance on the show. So I'm excited to have her on um and and talk pure stock racing. And of course it's gonna be fun because we'll have our first duo pure stock drivers of the year with Megan hmm. from the from Flambrose Pure Stock and uh Jen from the uh Delaware Speedway uh Pro Stock uh, Pure Stocks. Um it yeah, we're it's Jesus Christ. I don't know what the fuck just happened. I just scratched a small spot on my arm and I started bleeding. Mm. The fing think about it. Um yeah, with that, you know, it's we we always enjoy people. The next few weeks is gonna be crazy for us. Um, mm. as you guys know, we are I am now less than six weeks away from getting married um to Jacqueline. Uh we we are in the final stages of preparations. I probably shouldn't be doing this show right about now. <coughs> Um, but when, when you guys hear this, I will have my suit picked out. I will, um, you know, like it, it's, it's getting close and I'm trying to think like, do I record, do we record a midweek show with a guest? And then I air it the Tuesday after the wedding. Do you like, I am so confuzzled right now on when to record? <laughs> because i don't know when would it be appropriate when would not when it would when, when would it not be appropriate when do i have time
1: like cuz i feel like that whole i mean i've never planned a wedding so i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> but <laughs> i just feel like it's going to be busy mentally and physically
0: and that's why i'm thinking like if i if we pre-record a a, a one i can get it up for yeah. after the wedding yeah it may work out in our favor that's true right but i don't it's oh it's a toss-up uh (laughs) if you guys have listened this far let us know in the comments below or shoot us a message um should we record a midweek episode and air it just after the wedding let us know below um like I said, like I said during at the end of the in uh, the show that we are gonna be we gotta be traveling with Roy this year two times. Um, I don't know what races he wants us to go to, but uh, we will be vlogging his two two of his races this year. So I don't know if they're gonna be quicker races. I don't know if they're gonna be sunset speedway races. But uh, once Roy figures, once Roy and I talk about that some more, we'll figure it out. Um, we still got a few more drivers to get scheduled. I will be re- hopefully releasing more dates soon. Um, for drivers, we will be uh, record uh, vlogging with at the track this summer. Um, because our gold package is sold, I'm going to pre-sell next year. Yeah. Like, if you want to get a 2025 gold package, ask me now about one. I may Ooh. give you a hell of a deal on it. So... If you would like a gold package for 2024, for 2025, sorry, contact me and let's work out a deal. But what I actually, what I, I, Megan, I, I, something I'm going to talk about you after (laughs) I have some big things in the works. I'm trying to show for Joe Media to take us to bigger places and get people in places. So that way I can do more things. And I'm hoping this is me manifesting that this works out for me and works out for us as 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 Joe uh-huh. Media. Um but yeah. We're we're gonna manifest this for next year. Again, all package for twenty twenty five. Contact me today. I am also gonna be putting together a special super deluxe ultimate ultimate platinum package for next year. Ooh. That might blow your minds, but it may blow your mind in a different way that you don't expect, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> you're going to think it's stupid coming from me. But anyways, um, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're not on Twitter anymore, but follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, head, check out joemedia.ca. You can follow Megan and her racing ventures at MRC Racing. Uh, on facebook mrc.racing.73 on instagram as well as mrc racing on tiktok
1: true nailed
0: it <laughs> <laughs> well guys we're gonna get out of here for tonight but thank you guys for listening and watching to the true north racing podcast i'm your host john Morris. Uh as for megan mitchell i'm john morrison we'll see you guys next week bye now Yes, Engine booming by, smell the gas and feel the vibe. Going into overdrive, drop the flag, then the car zooming by. Hey, true north racing, let's go.